your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. And we're going to break down the blues' impressive win against the Vegas Golden Knights last night, 3-1, to probably the best game of the season since, I would say, the first game of the season when they defeated the Colorado Avalanche. I think the Blues single-handedly saved their chances of making the playoffs last night. We're going to break it all down. And the superhero play by Jordan Bennington. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Josh, what can you tell us about Jordan Bennington last night? I mean, Jordan Bennington, the Blues in general, where do you start? We've been down on this team tremendously uh, these past few days. You know, you, if you listen to the locker room, I think we we both sounded pretty pretty fed up in all the episodes leading up to this game. Both of us sounded pretty fed up with the play of the Blues recently. Everyone online fed up with the play of the Blues recently, calling for them to trade away everyone, what what have you. Biggest backs against the wall game of the season, coming off, what, seven-game losing streak, getting blown out of the water in the game before, losing a heartbreaker in the game before that. And what do they do? They come out against potentially the best team in the league and put up an absolute dominant performance, spearheaded by their goalie, who has been perhaps the biggest target for, for Blues fans all season. Just, just my favorite game of the season by far i i don't even know where to start but yeah bennington is a good place 50 saves 50 saves career high we talked about it in the locker room i forgot who asked the question but it was a great question and it was do you see a decline in the play of jordan bennington was he a one-off that heater sustainable that he had in the cup run is that an outlier for him is he just an average goalie in this league and i think he answered a lot of those questions for us last night and answered the question of where did his swagger go. His swagger didn't go anywhere. Uh, I still think he's one of the top 10 goaltenders in this league when he's playing at his best, which is what we saw last night. And obviously, with Marc-Andre Fleury on the other side, we had just had a goaltending show for the ages. Just absolutely nuts from both guys. 50 shots on goal, not what you love to see from the defense, but what you do love to see from the defense is clearing the crease. And I thought the Blues did an absolutely fantastic job of that last night as opposed to games in the past. 50 shots on goal is not great, but 50 shots on goal from perimeter, from range, as opposed to right in front of Jordan Bennington's face. And although that did happen a couple of times, you had to make some some highlight reel saves. I feel like the majority of the shots came from the outside, and that's where this Blues team succeeds. So if they're if they're chasing pucks on the outside, that's when they create space in the middle and where that crease opens up. I think they did a lot better job of just letting the guys shoot from outside and say, hey, you can take those shots all day, but you're not taking uh, the meat and potatoes of the ice. And I think that was the difference, one of the main differences in the play of the Blues that we saw as opposed to the last seven-game losing streak. They really turned it around, and the offense did too. And I, I, like I said, one of the most entertaining games of the season by far. I mean, Jordan Bennington is a guy that, as we know, plays with his heart on his sleeve, and we've talked about it a lot that his his confidence and his men- mental state sort of heading into a game can be such a big difference maker. And I think we saw it last night from him playing aggressive, playing far out of his crease to his post-game comments that 
his his swagger, his confidence is back. Not necessarily that it ever went anywhere, but I think last night's game was the most prominent we've seen it this season. Um, and I think, like you said, it comes as a result of getting those shots from the outside and allowing Bennington to settle in a little bit more. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I know he said throughout a lot of his struggles, the thing that he kept harping back on was just got to make a few more saves. And like, obviously, that sounds cliche as hell, like no shit, you got to make a few more saves. But that's true is when you're watching Jordan Bennington play this season, it's not like he's out of position. It's not like he's giving up goals the same spot every single time here and there. It's just every once in a while, there's a a desperation save that he might have made last year that he wasn't making this year, or uh, a super clutch save that he made last night that he wasn't making in earlier games. And and that it can be the difference between a win and a loss. And I wouldn't necessarily say Jordan Bennington solely outright stole last night's game. I think it was a really good performance up and down the lineup. But if it weren't for those those few point-blank ridiculous saves that Jordan Bennington made, regardless of how good the team played last night, they could have ended up with a loss because that's what happens when you play a team like Vegas. So this, this is a team that, when firing in all cylinders, can be absolutely unbeatable, and we saw that last night. I don't think Jordan Bennington stole the game per se because, like you said, the Blues played a very well-rounded game. Uh, but he definitely led the way for you 100%. And I think just moving forward, that gives this team a lot of confidence because I feel like anytime the defense feels like they can't trust their goalie, they grip the sticks a little bit tighter, probably don't play as loose as they would like to, and then that directly affects Jordan Bennington because there's more shots in from close, and it's just it's catastrophic. It can be, uh, and we've seen that for the majority of this season. So I think to get a 50-save win under his belt uh, just gives him the confidence that he needs to propel this team into the playoffs and through another Stanley Cup run. If and when we make the playoffs, Arizona obviously helped us out a little bit, blowing a 3-1 lead last night against the Los Angeles Kings and losing 4-3. Uh, so the Blues in regulation, are in regulation, exactly. So the Blues are now, was it three points behind three Arizona? Points out with a game in hand. With a game in hand, exactly. And um, I I love our chances, honestly, because the post-game comments of Jordan Bennington, once again, they asked him about the playoff race and he said, we're coming telling it to everybody in the NHL. And I think that kind of comment, uh, especially for this team that was that was down in the dumps, was lacking confidence, was lacking morale, uh, if that doesn't get you fired up and want to run through a brick wall, I don't know what does. It has the same energy as the do I look nervous comment from the cup run year. And I know we keep drawing similarities between this year and the cup run year, but a lot of stuff is lining up. Um, and like I said, you can never count out this Blues team until they're statistically out of it, and right now they're not statistically out of it. This weekend series against Minnesota is going to be massive in terms of uh, a point race, in terms of playoff implications, in terms of uh, what we can expect when the Blues, I mean, ultimately, possibly face off against Minnesota in the playoffs, um, and what we can expect from Doug Armstrong come trade deadline. And speaking of trade deadline, if you've listened to Locked On NHL at all, they're doing a massive trade deadline special on Monday uh, with a highlight on the Blues because we are going to be expecting a lot of activity from them. So I will be on that show on Monday. So if you want to tune in, I believe it's going to be around 1 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Eastern is when I'm going to be hopping on. So that should be a lot of fun. If last night's game went differently, we'd be having an extremely different conversation right now. And that's that's the fact of the matter is when you're getting into the meat of the season like this, especially with the shortened season, the the outlook is going to change so drastically every given night, you know, because 
last night goes differently, the Blues are seven points out of a playoff spot instead of three. Exactly. And and you know that could have been a matter of one or two bounces for either team for the for, in the Blues game or in the Arizona game. So it, it's that's one thing that makes hockey so damn fun is is it's you can never pre, you never can never predict it. You know, it's not like basketball where at the beginning of the year you got the two finals matchups penciled in like you never know what's going to happen. Um, and I, I think that anyone counting out the blues entirely didn't watch them two years ago because not much has changed in terms of the roster and not much has changed in terms of the style of play. So like Tommy said, there are a lot of parallels between this year and the, the cup run year. Now there's still the, the hardest part is ahead of, uh, ahead of the blues for sure. But Last night was a huge indication that they're ready to conquer these upcoming weeks of these these gauntlet of games, as Tommy keeps saying. Yeah, 100%. And I I don't know what the odds are off the top of my head right now Ooh. for the Blues to win the Stanley Cup. They're probably not great. Um, but that means a lot of money for you if you put money down on them to win the Stanley Cup. We saw that in 2019. I think someone won $15,000. But you got to put money down to win that money. And if you're going to put money down on any betting website, it has to be Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Because March Madness might be over, Josh. You might be upset about the Gonzaga defeat. Uh, I thought it was entertaining, but the NHL is still in full swing. As much as people like to say the blue season is over, I don't think it's over. Uh, it's not over till the fat lady sings. And Bet Online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's absolutely free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, courtesy of Locked On. Just make sure you use that promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. No space. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So when we come back from the break, we're going to break down a little more of the Blues game and also what they could possibly be doing around the trade deadline, what's going to happen with Minnesota coming to town, uh, a little more in-depth analysis for you. Make sure you don't go anywhere. Tommy, I just checked, and the, the Blues are plus 6,600 odds to win the Stanley Cup right now. Plus 6,600. So, so let's you put $100 down. Let's say if you put your stimmy check, if you put your stimmy check on the Blues to win the Stanley Cup, you're making 92 grand. Bro, <laughs> I might put my stimmy check. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Somebody, I mean, you, somebody's got to do it. I know Blues fans got some cojones on them. It's got to happen. Look, this team. Look, I got eight, I got eighty four cents in my bet online account right now. Is that the, yeah? We're is both bone dry on the. <laughs> we both we both we both went downhill pretty fast there. But listen, I, I I'll probably put a deposit in and put some money down because I mean the odds are not bad. I mean the way that the team is structured. And we talked about it last podcast. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. This team should be a Stanley Cup contender. And the fact that they haven't been all season long, they're getting momentum at the right time. Obviously, it's one game that they beat Vegas. Uh, it's got to become a trend. It's got to become a streak uh, in the opposite direction of the seven-game losing streak. But, I mean, 
it might not be a bad idea to hop on the bandwagon right now, throw some money down, yeah. and become a, a mogul in the next couple of months. Yeah, sounds like, I mean, we could go together. Both our semi-checks, 185K. Dude, I don't even want oh. to think about it. Oh, I'd pay oh. off all my all my student loans. And then some. But yeah. you got to get there first. Got to win that Stanley Cup first. And Tommy, what did you see last night that gave you hope that that could happen? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I talk, We talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Uh, but Sammy Blay, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perron were on the same line together. Um, my group chat on Twitter coined it the bop it line. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, but I, it really is a lot of physicality okay. there, right? So you got Sammy Blay, big body, throwing checks. Also with an absolute snipe last night. That was nice to see. We talked about it. I think I, on my solo episode, I said Sammy Blake could be a guy that Buffalo would be interested in because he's making $3 million, getting press box time. But I think he has the potential to be a top six forward. It's shots like that that make me think he could be a top six forward. Obviously, the physicality, the hands, the skill, all that stuff. But, I mean, when you've got a shot like that in the NHL, it absolutely plays. Uh, and yep. we saw that from Sammy Blay last night. I don't think for a second uh, you're going to see him back in the press box after the after the display of skill that he showed. Ryan O'Reilly, obviously, you know what you're getting with him, and then David Perron, you know what you're getting with him as with him as well. Just a lot of grit, determination, hard players, banging bodies on that line, and I I loved it, dude. I loved the the energy that they have, the chemistry that they had, uh, and then on the top line, Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shen, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, being reunited once again. Uh, even Jordan Cairo on the fourth line. I know people don't like when you pretty much bury the rookies and the young guys on the fourth line because it is a grinded-out checking style of line, but he still had a breakaway, passed it off to Kyle Clifford, which he would have shot it, but I, I thought he still played a good game, so maybe this might be the same lineup we see uh, Friday when Minnesota, coming off an 8-3 to victory, I believe, against the Colorado Avalanche, Man, it's going to be, like we said time and time again, this schedule is going to be a gauntlet, and it just seems like everywhere you turn, you're getting smacked in the back of the head by a stud team, but I know this Blues team is capable of turning it around. And I mean, you look up and down the lineup, you look at the guys, I mean, Jordan Cairo had the least amount of ice on the team by by far, um, with eight and a half minutes, so... And Kyle Clifford, another guy you mentioned, only with 10 minutes of ice time, Robert Thomas, 13. So it's guys that are making an impact that aren't even playing all that much. Um, a guy like Colton Pareko, they're still ramping up his minutes. I think he looked a lot more settled in this game um, than he had previously. So I think this team is still sort of ramping up to full speed if you just look at the way that they've been playing. I, I think that even after last night, I, I don't think that they're quite at the place that they want to be um, in terms of like the long-term outlook for the season, you know, allowing 51 shots, it's never ideal. But there were definitely flashes there that I don't think we've seen this entire season. And yeah, the Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko line, it's been years, years in the making that line. It's, it's always been a classic. And, and it looked, looked damn good last night. Tarasenko almost had two goals in the first four minutes of the game. Jaden Schwartz was a man on fire, as we like to say. Mm-hmm four shots on goal two two hits two blocks one takeaway 16 and a half minutes of ice time man was all over the ice last night um and he didn't have a goal still and and you know what we talked about um how his game is is a lot more made up of the little things and and how he hasn't had a goal in forever but 
besides the scoring aspect, I think that was one of Jaden Schwartz's best games of the season, just because the goal scoring may not have been there, but everything else was. And I think that that his, his play besides just his scoring had dipped as a result of his struggles, putting the puck in the net as expected, you know, confidence um, gets a little bit lower, but he definitely played along with the rest of the team played with a whole lot more confidence than we, I think we've seen throughout the season so far. And, and I think that's been the biggest thing as we've talked about effort, confidence, mentality. And besides the results that we saw last night, I think the, the those things that don't show up on the stat sheet were very prominent last night. I think another guy that played with a lot of confidence last night, maybe even getting a little help from the guy upstairs was Jake Wallman. Because I, I saw on the lineup uh, when he was paired, I think it was with Colton Pareko. It was a Jake Wallman-Colton Pareko pairing. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, Colton Pareko's been hurt. Jake Wallman's uh, rookie. Having them on the same line might be not very beneficial to this team. But watching them play together, uh, they looked absolutely fantastic. And Jake Wallman obviously gets... The first NHL goal of his career, and the first time he writes Uncle Doug on his stick, uh, he finds the back of the net. I mean, what better story than that for a guy who's been in the lineup every night, been giving it his all in his rookie season, uh, and going through such a difficult time right now with the anniversary uh, of his uncle's death, and he just pots pretty much the dagger in the game with his uncle's name on his stick. I I thought that was fantastic. I love that for the kid. Hockey is a special sport, and... You know, fortunately, when when your team is doing well, those those meaningful moments, you know, are, are, are that much more important and, and that much that much, you know, more memorable and special. And I, I again, not to not to make light of it, but I, I think that it's all perfect timing. You know, it, it he, he's been playing a lot this season, kind of has flown under the radar. He's been protected by Ruby a little bit, not playing a whole lot of minutes, but those minutes have been getting ramped up. Um, game in, game out these past few days. And it seems like he's like, we keep going back to, he's gained more confidence and he's in, he's playing with a lot more, a lot more swagger out there. And he's, he was, you know, at, at a time, a couple of years ago, the most hyped defensive prospect in the blues system and just kind of got lost among the infinite other prospects the blues have in their system. And I, last night he showed that, that he has the potential to be in this lineup every single night, every single game. Um, so and j- just another one of many bright spots from last night's game against Vegas. And speaking of swagger, if you've got a car in your driveway that's lacking swagger, you want to mod it out a little bit. My brother actually uh, just bought a Nissan Xterra, so he's been pimping it out with LED lights. I think he got a light bar. Uh, uh, he got subs the other day. He's been spending all, blowing all of his money on this thing. Uh, trying to get all the parts he can to make it look big pimping. And if you're looking for parts, uh, you got to go to rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. And rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop 
for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. When we come back, we're going to round out this episode with the elephant in the room on who wasn't starting last night and does that have any implications to why the Blues played so well. Don't go anywhere. All right, Josh. So, healthy scratches last night. Robert Bertuzzo and Mike Hoffman. If either of those names were an implication of why the Blues succeeded last night without them in their lineup, which one do you think had a bigger impact? I've been watching a lot of Mike Hoffman this year. And I've kind of come to a consensus of of his of his play and what he can bring to a team. Now, this isn't to be taken as my Kaufman slander. It might not be the most shining praise of his of his play style, but Mike Kaufman is one of those guys that isn't necessarily going to move the needle on his own on any given night. He's not a guy that can create his own shot too well. He's not a guy that's super skilled, super great defensively, but he's a guy that if you're playing in a game and you just need one goal, and you got a power play, whatever, he can get that to you better than most anyone else in the league. So he's a guy that when you're coming in, playing a super maybe physical game that you need to win against Vegas, not necessarily the most important player out there because you know what? You don't, you don't need just uh, super productive offense. You need everything. And Mike Hoffman's a guy that apart from his, apart from his dominant shot and, and his offensive IQ, there's not a whole lot that he excels at in an elite manner. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense for him to play last night, unfortunately. Now, do I think that that means he's going to get traded and we don't need him? Not at all. I think that there's going to be a time, a couple of games down the line, weeks down the line, when the offense is, is a little stagnant and Mike Hoffman rips three one-timers into the back of the net on the power play and has a hat trick. And that's why we win a game. That's the value that a guy like Mike Hoffman brings. He is a goal scorer with the highest of the elite class in the NHL. Other than that, there's not a whole lot that he brings. And I think a lot of Blues fans have expected him to bring more this season. And that's not fair on his play because that was an unrealistic expectation. But I, I do think that he's not necessarily a guy that fits into the long-term plan of the team because he doesn't really go with the play style a whole lot, but always going to be a net positive when utilized correctly. I don't think that they played well without him. I just think that he's a guy that isn't necessarily going to move the needle in a game like that against Vegas. He's he's one of those guys that's like a spot shooter. Uh, and when you... And when you... But take a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, who has kind of like been expected his whole career to be uh, that game breaker dude. Who, as as you were talking about, will move the needle by himself. I don't think Mike Hoffman, like you said, can do that. But if you can get him the puck in lethal areas, that's when he excels. And the Blues just haven't really been doing that this season. Uh, but there's also games where I think he just absolutely disappears. I think the last game uh, where we got smoked by Vegas, he had one shot on goal, which is like. At some point, you got to find ways to just put the puck on net, right? Because it's not like he just doesn't have the puck on his stick at all. Um, and even if you're not getting him the puck in lethal situations, we've seen him score from, like, the blue line on just, like, blind wristers in, um, in the smallest of windows right next to the goalie. So if you're, if you're getting paid... 
to shoot the puck, you need to shoot the puck. Uh, I don't blame Craig Berube for scratching him, especially close to the trade deadline when he's one of the names being thrown around. Um, But I do think Robert Bertuzzo probably had a bigger impact on this team. I don't want to say negatively, but if you look at his stats this season, so he's got, if I'm looking at it, 28 games played. He's got two points on the season. Which is like, that's fine. He's not an offensive defenseman by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he's had, in 2016, his plus minus was plus 11. Plus 11, 2017. Plus 9, 2018. Plus 20, or no, not plus 20. Plus 12 in 2019. And then this season, he's a minus 10. And like, obviously, plus minus is whatever. Uh, it's a weird stat, but it just. It backs up what I've been watching him do this whole season, and just it doesn't look like the Robert Bertuzzo of old. Because if you look at his, like, one of the big things with Robert Bertuzzo is his physicality, right? And that's why he gets called for so many penalties, because he's a pain in the ass. He, he's supposed to clear the crease. He's supposed to make it difficult um, for the offensive, for the offense to move. Uh, in 2017, he had 108 block shots and 120 hits. That's in 72 games. This season in 20 this season in 28 games, he has 34 block shots and 52 hits. So it just seems like in a lot of the categories where he's expected to produce and um where the team has expectations of him, he's just coming up short this season. And I think that's one of the main reasons that this team has been struggling. Like I've been saying it time and time again on this podcast. Obviously the offense uh, needing to find the back of the net is a problem, and Jordan Bennington letting up soft goals was a problem. Uh, but I really think a consistent problem this season has been the defense, and maybe scratching Robert Bertuzzo again might be the answer to getting all of that figured out. I don't know. Yeah, I, and I think that kind of goes back to something that we touched on a lot at the beginning of the year, and that is a, a change in identity for the Blues this year. Moving away from the completely physically dominant game into a bit more of a hybrid style, and Unfortunately, a guy that I think took took the biggest casualty to that is Robert Bortuzzo. I, I just, I don't think he's capable of keeping up with the way that the Blues play now every night. I, I just, watching him, I, yeah, maybe he looks a step slower than the Robert Bortuzzo of old, but I don't think his play style is all that off. I just think it doesn't fit with what the Blues are doing uh, anymore too well i just think with with the with the the faster style of play he's got a little bit less time to think a little bit less time to to move and it's it's exposed him a little bit more it's it's made him i don't want to say look worse because i do think he's played worse but i I think this style of play has done him no favors and it's made it a lot more prominent to watch you know you know when the team when the team's moving just that much faster and robert bertuzzo is time in and time time and again uh the the one guy lagging behind it, it becomes a lot more noticeable um, when you're watching it at home. So I think part of it is he has declined um, in his play, but I think another part of it is he just fits this blue system a little bit worse this year than he has in previous years. And I think that combined with um, him being a little bit step slower has, has just made this uh, made this a tough season for him. And, and, and I agree. I don't think he, he really fits into the blues game plan anymore. And I think they played better without him. 2017, Robert Bertuzzo had 17 giveaways and 72 games played. 2020, this season, um, Robert Bertuzzo has 13 giveaways and 28 games played. So that's not great. And the giveaways and the turnovers have been a massive problem for the Blues this season. Uh, we'll see if they can turn it around. 
Friday night against Minnesota. Josh will be taking care of you guys tomorrow. I'm heading back to school and getting vaccinated. So that should be a lot of fun. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12Sure15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Check and out, Locker Room. Yep, and Locker Room. Check us out on Locker Room. We'll be hopping on there again. And it's always fun talking to you guys, listening, answering your questions, whatever it may be. Uh, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.